theyeshiva.net. So we are up to the, where are we? Uh, one, two, three. We're up to the third paragraph of this Maimah, the third section or chapter. This Maimah, Az Yashem Moshe B'nai Yisrael. As I told you, it's a Maimah of the Balatanya and Parshas B'Shalach from the year Tovkov Samach Gimel, which would be 1803 in the secular calendar. So, the Maimer now goes one step deeper. And the truth is that the second part of the Maimer, the second half of this Maimer, is extremely profound and it's written here in a very brief and concise way. The truth is that it's hard to figure out exactly the message that he's communicating because there's so much going on here. Thankfully and gratefully, there's transcripts of this Maimed that were written also by other people. I told you that my Marim had sometimes many writers. So there's a set called My Mori Admur Hazakin, and in the year Tovkov Samach Gimel, <laughs> we have here this Maimer that was written by the Mittler Rebbe, the son of the Balatanya, and actually two versions. The Maimer and an explanation on the Maimer. And that really clarifies so much. Then we also have that Samach Tzedek also wrote his insights on the Maimer, or summation of the Maimer, that's published in his Sefer Eir HaTayra. So this gives us further insight into the Maimer. In response to a question, I gave a metaphor yesterday of a fetus in the womb of its mother, like Moshe Rabbeinu, being enveloped in water and then emerging from water, where it becomes a separate entity. That illustration and that application to life was not my own. The Mittler Rebbe writes it clearly in his transcript of the Maimer, he says this clearly as the intention of his father. Whether the Balatanya said that metaphor, the Mittler Rebbe added it, that I don't know, because it's not, it's, the metaphor is not, is not in Torah, or in the original, in this transcript that was written by the Balatanya's brother, the Maharil Rebbe Yehuda Leib. But that whole discussion that when we're born, we emerge from the sea, we emerge from the Mayim within our mother, and that's like an illustration of Bittl B'Metzius, there's no separation. The fetus is completely attached and connected to its mother. And then it slowly emerges as an independent person. In the beginning, it's nursing. It's like we still need the earth, mother earth, but we're separate from the earth. And then as we grow up, that independence and separateness becomes more and more. And that's where that can be the tension between the need for attachment and connection, because that's where we come from, and yet also the need to emerge as Almadiz Galia, we're, we're sent into. And Moshe always holds on to that truth of Min Hamayim and that's why it's so hard for him to communicate. And we explain that's what Kriyas Yamsuf is. This was the whole long discussion in yesterday's class, Thursday, and in the previous class, Monday. Basically, what the concept of Kriyas Yamsuf is, it's the opening up of Almadiz Gassia, in the world of Almadiz Galia, meaning it's not just we go into the sea and we stay there. No, the sea is transformed into dry land. Now the question that was asked yesterday, as explained at length in the previous classes, and if you haven't heard it, you can watch the replay or listen to it, of course, on double speed 
if you wish. Now the question is, and somebody asked this yesterday, how can there be the fusion? How? How can there be a fusion between the two? Aren't the two mutually exclusive? Now that's a very powerful question because that's what the Mimer is now going to get into. Can you really fuse the two? Or are they mutually exclusive? In other words, it seems like if we want to again bring out the example in human relationships that the need for attachment or connection and the need for being me or being authentic to me are very two different needs and in many ways opposite needs. And that's why there's such tension between them. Can there really be a space in which the two become one? And that's going to be the next paragraph, the next section in the Mimer. And the answer to this in the Balatanya's words is one word. And that is yes through song. And this is the power of music and song. And it's fascinating. We'll see how he describes the Avoid in the Besamikdash and the parallel to the Avoid in Davening. Because if you remember, in the Maimir, there was a strange interjection. After he discussed Kriyas Yamsuf, he starts discussing Davening. And then he goes into Alma discussing Alma Dizgalia. So now he comes back to all of it. Or to all of it. The, the, the intricacies in the Maimarim of the Balatanya are, are extraordinary. In other words, besides the power of the ideas, there's the build-up, there's a structure. Every detail is connected. It's not, uh, these are very uh, organized, organized, uh, treat, organized essays, discourses, presentations that are, are built like, like pyramids in very careful structures. So it's not like, you know, Avnachavart, throwing out a vart that didn't, it's, 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 there's, it's very comprehensive. There's a picture. It's like a piece of art, and you have to appreciate every detail as that piece of art. So now we go continue further. Generally, the avoid of the koyin was to be able to bring down everything. Which is the concept of bracha, to be able to draw down from a higher plane into a lower plane. And that's why at the end of the last paragraph when he said, the Davoida of the Brachas, Baruch Ata, Min Ha'olam Va'ad Ha'olam, to be able to fuse and reveal Almadis Kasya in a state of Almadis Galya, Viro'u Kol Basar, quoting the end of the previous paragraph, this is connected to the Avoida of the Kohen. The avoid of the Leviim is of a different caliber, of a different nature. This is an avoid actually in the opposite direction, going from downward upward. The Pasuk says in Parshas Kairach, It's one of those psukim that grammatically are very difficult to understand. Va'avad halevi hu. The Levi will literally, the Levi will serve him. The word who is a very strange addition in that Pasuk. Taiches the Altareb. This is where you need Pnimiyas Atayra in order to explain the depth of the Pasuk. Va'avad Halevi who. The Avaid of the Levi is in who. What's who? Who is always third person? 
concealed. He. He as an H-E. Because we have he as another Hebrew word for the feminine she. But he, I'm saying, as who? He. The Levi is who his avoid is on the who, in other words, that which is not manifested before my eyes, that which is a state of consciousness, of concealment. What do we mean concealment? As we said before, where the I is eclipsed by the source of all I, and there's no sense of separateness, there's a oneness. And that's called Almadis Kasia, because this is a world in which the ego, the sense of self-assertiveness and self-determination doesn't emerge. What is sensed is cosmic oneness. Very heavy words. The void of the Levi is the who to be able to tune into Almadiskasya that the state of Almadiskasya should not be seen as a madrega to the point that it shouldn't occupy space. The Levi was yearning and struggling to go back to that place of complete dvekas, of complete oneness. Like the Pasuk says, You are one alone. Now, take a look at this Pasuk. There's three ways of describing Hashem. Which one is it? Is it Ata? Is it who? Is Hashem? The answer is, there's actually three Realities described here from our perception. Ata is first person, right? You. Yeah, there you are. I see you. You. That's Alma Desgalia. That's the way godliness is manifested in a reality that I can identify. In other words, in the language of Chsidis, Memale It's the way the divine energy is filtered, restricted, harnessed, compressed into the finite chemistry of every existence to the point that it creates Galia. It creates a reality called me. And I'm striving to be me. I want to be true to me. I want to be authentic to me. What's this me? What's the me? I'm not in the water. I'm in dry land. This is the Chiddush of Mamalakalama. Mamalakalama means that the divine energy is tailored and custom-made, allocated to the unique chemistry, disposition, and character of every created being. So I could say, Atta, you. There's something called you. And it's, I could call Hashem you. What do I mean? Because this is the divinity that's channeled through my existence that I can experience. Then there's who. What's who? Who is he? Transcendent. This is what we call Saiv of Kalalman. This is the divine energy that's infinite and that encompasses all the worlds, the highest to the lowest, like the waterbed. Kamayim layamachasim, that encompasses everything and there's no distinctions. 
This is the space of infinity. Where everything is submerged. This is what we call Bittel B'Metziyas. This is what we called Alma de Eskasya. This is what we called Soiv of Kalalman. This is what we called Kula Kamei Chashev, using the terminology that we used at the end of last par- at the end of the previous paragraph discussed yesterday. That's who. So you have Ata, and you have who, and then you have Havaya, and then you say Levadecha. So Al Tureb is going to explain here that the way to connect and synthesize. Ata and who comes by introducing the Havaya Levadecha. What does this mean? Hashem is not in the realm of any worlds. He's not defined by Mamale. He's not defined even by Seviv. He transcends actually Almadis Kasya. As much as he transcends Almadiz Galia. Just as Almadiz Galia doesn't capture the ultimate truth of existence, Almadiz Kasia, as powerful and as deep as it is, doesn't capture the ultimate truth of existence. And that's why the Avoid of the Levim and the Besamiktish was with song and music and melodies. What is a nigin? What is a melody? A nigin somehow evokes. It creates a hispilus. Hispilus comes from the word pu'ula, an effect. It triggers a very deep part of the soul because the gilu hatnuas, the tnuas are the, the notes. The stanzas, a tnua of the nigun is like a stanza. The stanzas of the song, by coming out and by being sung, trigger the soul. It's not like when you're hearing a song and you're hearing the notes of the ballad, you're actually learning necessarily a new idea. A hischachos, a psachidish. It's not about the information. It's not that the nigan is giving you new information. You never heard the song before. Or you never heard the idea that's being conveyed in the song. No, that's not necessarily what's happening. It's just singing this tnua reveals the heart. It brings out a deeper place in the heart. And that's why people can sing an old song. You could sing the same song a hundred times, two hundred times, a thousand times. And not only don't you get tired and bored and exhausted, but if you love the song, even an old song that you've heard a hundred times, it still arouses you. It still affects you. Because the tnua, the stanzas of the song, capture something that resonates in a very deep way. We all know the difference between verbal communication and music. If I'm sitting with you, my dearest friends, yeah, and I share with you a story, or I share with you an idea, you heard it already. I shared it, and you heard it, and then tomorrow I share it again. Okay, you heard it a second time. And then I share it again. At some point you're going to say, Rabbi, why, why, anything new to say? Very often, especially before Corona, 
I traveled a lot and I would give lectures and speeches, there's always the guy who comes over and says, this we heard already. This story you said two years ago, this joke you said three years ago, this can, not you, Rebarim, you hear it all as a song, but other people don't hear it as a song. In other words, <laughs> I, was once, I was once at an event with uh, Mordechai ben David, and uh, he gets up to sing, and he's singing all of these new songs, and the crowd says, no, 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 we want the oldies. We want the oldies. So he gets up by the mic, and he says, you know, this is unfair. Rabbi, why, why is speaking here at this event? It was a few days. And whenever he repeats something that he said two years ago, they attack him. You said it already. We want something new. And me, I'm trying to sing something new, and nobody's interested. All they want is... They want... They want, you know, from the, from the 1960s, the 1970s. He says, that's not fair. I don't have to prepare anything. I get up and I sing all the oldies. They don't even want the news. He says, what, what's the difference? That's, the, that's what the Altareb is explaining here. Fascinating difference. When somebody is giving a speech or somebody is giving a shear, what's the focus? The focus is the data, the information, the ideas, the words. I heard it already. I heard it once, twice, three times, five times, ten times. How, how, how many times can you say it? Even the best story in the world, the greatest joke in the world, the most exquisite insight in the world, at some point people are going to get boring, they're going to stop coming back. A niggin? If this is your singer, if this is your composer, and you hear that he's singing a song that you already heard a thousand times live, and then you heard it another three thousand times in your bedroom as a teenager, and now you go back to hear it again. <laughs> and we all know when you're in love with a song... You can hear it again and 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 yet again. And you don't say, stop singing the same song, give me a new niggin. Sometimes you want a new niggin. Sometimes the song is not working for you. You need to change songs. But we all know the power of a niggin. He says, even a niggin yashan. Even a niggin yashan. A niggin yashan is an old song. You know that Al-Tarebbe has a song, one of his songs, they call niggin yashan. And it's like a song you could never get bored of. <laughs> Why is this? Because a nigun is not about data. It's not about oisius. It's not about information. What is a nigun? says, <laughs> A nigan takes you to a place where you could be moved by the soul itself and not because of a comprehension of something that the soul understood and as a result of the understanding you have an emotion, you have an experience, you have a value. Because the avoid of the levi is in a state of who. No thought can grasp him. No thought can grasp him. And therefore the only appropriate reaction is his which means the pure desire of the heart. But that should affect to the core of the soul. 
and not just a superficial awareness. And that's what a nigan represents. And that's why before Kriyashma, you have to sing. And that's why Chazal call it Psuke de Zimra, the verses of song. It's not just because it's taken from Tehillim, which are called Zmiros, Neim Zmiros Yisrael. It's because before Krishma, there's the Avoida of Zimra, of Nigin. And that was the Leviim and the Besamiktash. Remember, in the Besamiktash, you had the Leviim and the Kayanim. The Kayanim, they were responsible for the Karbonus. They were the ones who would sprinkle the blood and offer the fat on the Mizbeach or the animal on the Mizbeach, the altar, so that it got burnt up in the fire. As he spoke at the beginning of the Maimon, that it was the fire that came down. Remember the Eishel Maila, the Averaba that came down, Avas Oila Mahaftanu. And the animal, the Nefesh Bahamas, by davening, I need to allow it to become subsumed in that fire, in that flame of divinity. And what is that? That's Baruch HaToh Hashem. By Shemayna Esra, he says, the fire from above is the Atta that Hashem gets revealed to me. Baruch Atta. Baruch Almadizgas, he comes into Atta Almadizgalia. That's what he explained. And that's when he went into the whole thing of Kriyas Yamsuf. Where do we mention Kriyas Yamsuf in Davening? We mention Kriyas Yamsuf right before Shemayna Esra, right before we start the Baruch Atas. Because Kriyas Yamsuf is going to be the Baruch Atta, the Almadizkasi coming into Almadizgalia. That's why in Ezras we mention Kriyas Yamsuf. We also mention Kriyas Yamsuf once before, by the end of Psukid Zimra. It's two places we mention Kriyas Yamsuf. So the Alter Rebbe explains. The Avoidah of the Koyanim is the Avoidah that the Nefesh Bahamas gets burnt up in the Eishel Maila. That's going to be by Shmona Esra, Baruch Atta. And already the preparation for that by Krishna has explained in many Maimarim. But before that, you need to get to the Nigin. Before that, you have to sing. Before that, you need Psukid de Zimra. What's Psukid de Zimra? Nigin. What's a Nigin? Nigin. Psukidazim is the concept of a nigan. Shurakar Chavas Hadibur Abir Inyan Betaisvis Bir Lafarish Adover Hatev Lahalev Libav and Avshay Spalmiza. Because Psukidazim doesn't necessarily have new information. The information I read yesterday, I'm reading today. The only way you can appreciate Psukidazim is if you learn how to sing. You have to learn the art of music. The art of song is not about telling me new things, new ideas. No. We could sing the same nigan every day. It could be a nigun yasham. Psukhid is not about the information. Tell me something new. People said, I already davened yesterday. I davened two days ago. How many times are you going to tell me the same words? I already know. Halaluka, 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 ashra, yoshiv, esachad, yaluchasala. Because you're not in touch with the nigun. There's no zimra. Zimra is a song. The ability to be able to sing. What is music? What is it? Music is not about words. The deepest nigunim don't have words. In fact, we know especially in the world of Chabad, that the Nagunim without words were always considered much deeper and much higher than the Nagunim with words. Because the Nagunim with words are the Nagunim that are channeled through information. In other words, they're channeling information, even though those words may be very holy and beautiful. The Nigun without Isis is a Nigun that tries to go beyond. It's a Nigun that takes you to a deeper place. It's not about explanations. It's not about definitions. It's not about ideas. The Chiddush of a nigan is that it triggers a deeper place in the soul. As he says, Nakudas Halev, a much deeper place in the soul. (laughs) 
the Holy Madrid Rebbe, the Madrid Rebbe, I heard the story from the Lubavitcher Rebbe myself in 1984, the Shabbos after Purim. And he said that he heard the story from Hasidim that the Madrid Rebbe, who was a great composer, had to go to Berlin for surgery. The problem was that they were afraid to give him anesthesia because, because they were afraid he won't be able to survive the anesthesia. So you know the story, it's an incredible story. So the Majid Rebbe told the doctors that he's going to, he's going to um, compose a song and he's going to sing the song. And when they see that he's in the midst of the song, they could perform the surgery. And that's what he did. I believe he composed a song that they call in Majid's Ela Esker and they only sing it on his yard site, Yud Gimel Kislev. They sing it on his yard site, maybe Yom Kippur also. It's a song that has so many stanzas. I think it has 36 stanzas. It's a very, very long song. And I remember the Rebbe told, the Lubavitcher Rebbe told over the story about the Majitzer. I remember he said the Majitzer, the Zayda from the Heintika Majitzer. It was then in 1984. It was the grandfather of the Majitzer Rebbe in 84, but he passed away that year or the next year. So... He described it then, he said it was, it was a semi-experience of what we call Kloisa Nefesh. Of course he was alive, he wasn't dead. But the song was so powerful, it took him into a completely different reality. What is the Alter Rebbe telling us here? Psuke de Zimen is not about more information. It could be the same song you sang yesterday. But the Nigin brings out... He says, a space that's inside, Gilui Halev, Hispailus HaNefesh Mitzad Atzma. It's not coming from comprehension. And this is what allows the person to tune in to that place of Ata Hu Hashem Levadecha. The Nigan is basically a yearning and a longing to go out of definitions, to go out of the world of language, to go out of the world of separation, to go into the world of oneness. That's what a real nigun represents. And you'll hear, especially you'll hear it in the Balatanya's nigunim, nigunim of his Talmidim, the nigunim, the very profound nigunim, the Chabad nigunim, that people, uh, some of you know, there's many that we don't, there's many that, there's many that people don't know, there's hundreds and hundreds of nigunim, they all have a common denominator. It's this. There's the longing, there's the yearning of the neshama to go out of all the trappings. I'm not looking for definitions. I'm not looking for explanations. I'm not looking for words. I'm not looking for data. I'm not looking for information. (laughs) I'm not even looking for inspiration. (laughs) I'm not even looking for inspiration. So what is it? I'm looking for atahu Hashem levadecha that place of oneness. So the Alter Rebbe says that Psuki de Zimra is not about information. It's about the Nigin. A person could say the words and say the Psukim, but it's not touching the core of his heart. In other words, he's not getting into the song. It's good words, and he has kavana, and that's amazing. Pirishamilis, listen, just to understand the words, it's a gewaldika thing. He says, Angel avoid the tama. It's a good avoid, just not avoid the tama. Avoid the tama means it's not the wholesome avoid. It's not the whole, it's a gewaldika thing. If you could read Psukha de Zimra and Mataka, understand every word you're saying, trust me, it's not very nice. He says, Angel avoid the tama. I didn't get into the nigin. There's a nigin. 
There's a nigan. Yeah. You want to see where you see the difference? Uh, you told me, A Jew told me that he doesn't listen to the shiurim live because he needs to hear it on double speed. He doesn't have time, he's stressed. So he needs to hear it on double speed. So that's why he listens afterwards, so that it can be double speed. So if the shiur was an hour, it's only a half an hour. Right? If the, if the shiur was 45 minutes, even better. So uh, Rebbe Zriel heard, heard this. So he says, no, 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 no. He said it's like, it's like singing a niggin on double speed. Yeah, you're hearing a song, a beautiful song, and you put it on double speed. He said, or oh, you'll do meditation. Yeah, you'll do meditation on double speed. Okay, relax, relax very, very fast. Put down your feet. Make sure your feet are very, very firm on the ground. Okay, be mindful. Notice your body, notice your body, notice your body. Okay, now, right now, let go, let go, let go of everything. The very notion of double speed is a war against meditation. <laughs> so the Basil said that chsidis, you can't do on double speed because it's not about the information. It's about the nigan. You can't do a niggin on double speed. I mean, you could, but, but it's not the niggin, yeah? Yeah, imagine. <laughs> it's not the niggin. It's not the niggin. Not the niggin. The whole, why? Because it's not the information. If you're looking for information, double speed is much better. If your brain can absorb it, okay, do triple speed. Do triple speed. What do you have to waste even a half an hour? The niggin is not the information. The niggin is that I get lost in the reality. I become one. I go into kamayim le'yamachasim. That's what the niggin is. That's a whole different reality. It's a whole different experience. Information, let's, let's get it over with. The niggin, if you want to get it over with, it's not the niggin. V'zehu ashira l'ashem Ah. Now you'll understand, after Kriyas Yamsuf, what happens? The Jews sing. Why do they sing? It says half of a fellow. Why do they sing? We don't have so many songs in the Torah. Later there's going to be a shir in Parshish Chukas. It says in Medrash that there were ten songs in history. The tenth song is only going to be when Mashiach comes. What's the uniqueness of Shira? Then they sang. And how did they begin? Says Dal Shir Lashem, I sing to Hashem ki goi go because he ex- what's goi goi go you say it every day <laughs> ki goi go is he is exalted goi go is exalted aloof sublime great grand or in the words of the Mimer, infinite ainsoif what's goi go he's exalted above being exalted. In other words, he is so exalted, he doesn't even have to be exalted. Ki goi ga, he's exalted above being exalted. He's goi from being ga. What does this mean? So he says, ki goi lamaylami ga, vigoi upchines saiv of kalalman de kulakamekalai chashev. 
Goy soiviv almadis kasia kula kamekaloi choshev. In other words, a world in which everything is nullified in the oneness of infinity. Almadis kasia. That's the mayim. That's goy. In other words, you have mamalikalalman. That's not goy. That's the way elakus is melubish is manifested in diversity and identity. From Almadis Galia, from the Tzimtzum of Almadis Galia comes the I. I. I exist. Almadis Galia. There's me and there's you, and we have to connect on that level. From Saiv of Kalalman comes what? Almadis Kasia. What's Almadis Kasia? A world in which there's only oneness, because infinity encompasses everything. So I don't feel but I. What do I feel? I feel that I'm just an aspect of infinity and therefore there's no difference between you and me <laughs> because infinity is being channeled through you and through me. There's no distinction of identity. This is where ultimate attachment comes from. This is where ultimate oneness comes from. That's Seyv of Kalam. That's Goy. Ki Goy. God is exalted. He's above. He's transcendent. Hashem is not only Memali, he's also Seyv Ki Goy. What's Goy Ga? He says Goy Ga is... Goy is a saif of kulakamekalaychashiv. The goy alga, who is who is barach ba'atzmaya bechvayda ain saif barachu mamash. Goy ga, this is what's called atzmos, the ain saif itself, the lace machshavet fisabeklau. Here, no thought can even grasp it, not even the singular thought of Bittel B'Metzius. Pchinis atohu Hashem levadecha. And this is what we say, Atahu Hashem Levadecha. Atahu Hashem Levadecha, you're one alone. And the expression of the Piyut, Loinarech Elav Kedushasai. Loinarech Elav Kedushasai, what's Pshat? So literally, it takes Loinarech Elav Kedushasai. There's no way that we can measure up to His Holiness. Erech means value, like Erchin. Estimations, right? Le'erech, you say... Le'erech, uh, three o'clock. Estimation. Erech is to estimate, to define value. There's no way that we can, we can have any erech to his kedusha. That's, that's the words. The Altar Rebbe says it's much deeper. Pirush, shafilu Even his kedusha has no erech to him. <laughs> Even his Kedusha, because he's not in the realm of worlds at all. So even Saif of Kalalman is not Be'erech to him. What's Kedusha? Kedusha is Kedoshim to you. You're aloof, you're sublime. Kedusha is Saif of Kalalman, right? Kadosh. Kadosh is you're separated, you're distinct, you're designated. So Kadosh is Saif of Kalalman. So he says, Lo'inarech elav Kedusha say. Even his kedusha has no erech to him. In other words, even Saif of Kalalman is already a certain definition within divinity, and that's the definition of oneness and infinity. Ashira Lashem. So, what, what do I do with Kigai Ga? What do you do? You start singing. You stop speaking and you start singing. The hest. <laughs> when you deher Kigai Ga, you stop talking. What are you going to talk? You stop thinking. Isis won't capture it. So you start singing. That's Pesukah de Zimra. Because of this, there could be Kriyas Yamsuf. 
What's Kriyas Yamsuf? Kriyas Yamsuf is the fusion of Almadis Kasya and Almadis Galia. How could they fuse? How could they be together? How can they live together? How can the sea open? How can I walk in Almadis Kasya as though I'm from Almadis Galia? How could you go Besoy Chayam by Abasha or by Abasha Besoy Chayam? Or to go back to our big, to, to go back to our illustration from yesterday's class and the class before. Can you be completely connected and completely authentic? If the therapists among us can answer that question, they'll be able to help a lot of their patients. Can you be completely connected and you can be completely authentic? Are the two mutually exclusive? In other words, till now we're thinking Almadiskas is a state of oneness. I want to lose myself. Almadiskasya, I want to find myself. Almadiskasya, I want to be you. Almadiskasya, I want to be me. Almadiskasya, I want to be me. Almadiskasya, I want to be you. Almadiskasya is... I don't want to be, or better, I want to be not. Almadiskasya, I want to be... <laughs> To be or to be not, that is the question. But they're mutually exclusive. To be is to be. Self-determination, self-assertiveness. These are my needs, this is who I am. To be not is subsuming yourself. Bittel, bittel b'metzias. Yes, not a simple thing to navigate. And both are very true. If I live in water, fine, I live in water. I never emerged. You know that there's a shita in halacha, Rabbi Shimon and Gamliel holds, that fish are not a chatzitza in a mikveh. You know that? It's a mishnah. Fish are not a chatzitza in a mikveh. In other words, a woman or a man who has to go to the mikveh goes to the mikveh, and fish get stuck. A fish gets stuck somewhere in your body. It's not a chatzitza. You know why? Because he says fish is like the water itself. It's not a separate mitzis. The halach is not like that. But, but it's a shit in halach. In other words, the definition of fish, according to this opinion, is water. It's not separate. There's no separation. Because that's what happens to the fish. They become submerged and covered completely by water. Not a separate mitzis. The eye of my mitzis is the divine eye. And that's a very deep part of every soul. It's attachment. I can deny it, I can run away from it, but this is the truth. Amadiskasi is the truth. We say every morning, as we discussed many times, Tahirihi is the Neshama Natsilis, complete oneness. But there's also Amadiskalia. There's Amadiskalia, right? You made a comment to me yesterday and I got insulted. Did it ever happen to you? Anybody made a comment and you got insulted? Or nobody? What happened? Ooh, I have needs. I have emotions. I have an identity. May even be a little petty sometimes. May even be petty often. I have my insecurities. This is all operating in a place of Almadiz Galia. 
I have my wishes, I have my desires, there's I versus you. I told you the word to the Kotzke Rebbe, Bich Benich, Val du bist du, du bist du, Val dich benich, benich nicht dich, und du bist nicht du, Bich Benich, Val dich benich, und du bist du, Val du bist du, Benich, ich, und du bist du. And now we can begin talking, or I should say, now we can begin singing. But it's actually now we can begin talking, because in ich and du, there's talk. So the Alter Rebbe says, you're right. The two essentially are very different. They're different paths. Marine life live in water. Terrestrial life lives on earth. I can't live in water. Water is not a habitat for man or for mammal. And, and earth is not a habitat for fish. They live in water. I live in dry land. And that's how it is. I can go into the water. I can go into the mikvah for a few seconds, but I have to emerge. If not, chas v'shalom, it spells the end of human life or mammal life. It's called drowning. Two buviyams, that's what happens to the Egyptians. We live on dry land. We live in a world of identity, of distinctiveness. And yet we keep on talking about Kriyas Yamsaf. Says the Alter Rebbe, there's only one way that can happen. And that is you have to go back to Havaya Levadecha. When you go to Havaya Levadecha, now the Atta and the Hu can come together. The Leviim allow the Koyanim to do their Avoida. Psuki de Zimra comes before Kriyash Manshman Asra. Ashira Lashem. The Nigin takes you out of all Levushan. The Nigin takes you out from all of the trappings. The Nigin brings your soul back to the source, back to the core. The only adequate response to Kigoi Ga is a Shirilasha. If it would only be Ga, then there could be other responses. The response to Saiv of Kalalman, the response to Bittel, could be other responses. What really creates the Ashiril Hashem is Kigai Gah. He's above being Gah. He's above being Sev. He's above Alma Deskasya also. Alma Deskasya is also a definition. And the song, real song, real music defies all definition and all description. It's the Spilos HaNefesh Mitzad Atzma. Is that the Nefesh itself in its deepest place is moved by the deepest core of reality that is even beyond transcendence. Even transcendence can't grasp it. That's what the real Nigan searches for. And therefore, you're not stuck in Alma Deskasya. There could be Kriyas Yamsuf. What's Kriyas Yamsuf? Kriyas Yamsuf is the transformation from Alma Deskasya into Alma Deskalya. The concealed becomes revealed. I can walk through the sea. The sea becomes dry land. What does this mean in a real way? What it means is that the two can become synthesized and integrated in my life. Even though naturally there's tension between the two, nonetheless they can be integrated that even when I'm living in a place of Almadiz Galia, which is a place of consciousness and a place of identity and a place of self-awareness, I should still be in the Yam, in a place of Almadiz Kasia, in a place of complete oneness. Even when I'm in AM, I should still be in FM. And even when, when I am present in a very real world and in a very real self, I should be able to be walking besoy chayam. That's what Kriyas Yamsuf is. Kriyas Yamsuf is the complete fusion of the world of oneness and the world of diversity, 
by introducing the third component which transcends both oneness and diversity and therefore can synthesize them both and integrate them both because it's not defined by this or by that. To live in the paradox is the only way to fuse attachment and detachment at the same time. Yes, because ultimately in that space they're not paradoxical. And this is what we have to appreciate. You see, there were those who cherished paradox as a goal in and of itself. There are those who love the concept of paradox. They love the concept that there should be tension, there should be a war, there should be a conflict, and you never make peace. If you ever read The Lonely Man of Faith by Rabbi Yosha Ber Soloveitchik, Zechernel Levracha, he speaks about his loneliness. Even though he has so many friends and students, he's still lonely because faith is a lonely journey. And he speaks there about the two Adams, the Adam of, of faith, the transcendent Adam, and the utilitarian Adam, the one who wants to conquer the world. Uh, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, Levracha, wrote an essay about Rabbi Soloveitchik's lonely man of faith. And his main point there is that... Uh, despite the powerful and profound brilliance of the essay, he feels, Rabbi Sachs wrote, that the Balatanya introduced another dimension. And that is that in the ultimate source of everything, there is achtos, there's unity. And it really comes from the question, if we see life as tragic and depressing, or we see life as joyous. And it probably goes back to the debate if tzimtzum is kipshutai or not. If tzimtzum is kipshutai, which means that God is not really present in the world, then we ultimately have to escape reality to touch the divine, which means the world is a depressing place. At best, we can say, you've got to live in paradox. So even though there's nobody like the Alter Rebbe who discusses paradox, and discusses conflict, and discusses tension, and much of the Tanya is devoted to the tension in people's lives. His bottom line is not tension, but achtos, unity. The bottom line is not, some people glorify tension, they glorify depression a little bit. They glorify the fact that the world is tragic, right? You know, Kierkegaard and his ilk. The world is a tragic place. Let me just shut the, this niggin. It's not the niggin I want now. They, 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 they glorify they glorify the tension, the paradox, the problems. Now it's important to acknowledge the tension, to acknowledge the paradox, to appreciate that there is conflict, but ultimately to know that at the end of everything there's achtos, there's unity. So that's why, Reb Daniel, I'm making a comment on your comment that you have to live in paradox. Yes. You live in paradox, but you live in paradox by introducing that which can ultimately synthesize the highest and the lowest, the infinite and the finite. And this is back to the discussion, for those of you who heard the Maimir Basi Lagani, Tavshin Chafala from the Rebbe, that we learned over five weeks, they're on the yeshiva.net, we discussed this point at length, a love of the Ramak's view, the Balshemtiv's explanation and the Balatanya's explanation. The focus on vessels, the focus on light, 
the Ramak is light, the Baal Shem Tev is vessels. Baal Tanya explained that you have to fuse the light and the vessels, even though there's a paradox, and that's the paradox here, between Almadis Kassia and Almadis Galia. Almadis Kassia is the world of attachment, where I want to lose myself. Almadis Galia is the world of revelation, where I want to find myself. Almadis Kassia is my need to be connected and submerged. Almadis, and I have no I, there's no I. The I is just submerged in oneness. It's a world of infinity. Amadis Galia is the world of language, the world of articulation, the world of identity, the world of specific identity, the world of individuality. I'm individuated. I am I. That's Amadis Galia. And even if I'm a spiritual person, but nonetheless, there's my need to be me. And we live in both places. We need one, we need the other, and as I said, one is dependent on the other. If I'm not attached, I can't be me, because I'm missing something essential. And if I'm not me, I can't be attached, because I feel that you're obliterating me. Here we're now coming to a new depth. And the new depth is that really they're one. <laughs> this is this is this. In other words, the need to polarize between the two is only coming from our perception outside of Atmos. When you appreciate Atuhu Hashem Levadecha, that Levadecha doesn't have to be defined by infinity. It can also be defined by finiteness. It can fuse infinity and finiteness. It can fuse oneness and diversity. So I can be I and you can be you. And there is that separateness and the boundaries and the respect. And nonetheless, and nonetheless, in that diversity lay the absolute attachment and oneness that comes from a place that transcends both and therefore can synthesize and fuse both. And that's Psukhe de Zimra before davening, before Krishna and davening. Psukhe de Zimra is Ashir el Hashem Kigoy Go. When the Jews see Kriyas Yamsuf, how do you respond to Kriyas Yamsuf? Kriyas Yamsuf is the fusion. The fusion happens from Atmos, from that which transcends even Soiviv. For this, you have to start singing. No definitions, not even the definition of Bittl, because Bittl is also a definition. So now you'll ask me, so why did I say yesterday that it's two different experiences? Because the only way you could come to this place of fusion is if you first experience the difference. If you tell me, if the Bible would have said, Alma discuss and Alma is all the same thing, then, then there's no creation. In Atmos, everything is the same. But the way it's experienced by us, there are contrasts between the two. And that ability to be able to go from one to the other and then back to the other and not stay stuck in one form or the other form, that always comes from the place of Atuhu Hashem Levadecha. That even his kedusha is not be'erech to him, because even soiviv kalalman is somewhat of a restriction of the energy. It's the way God's infinity encompasses all the worlds and nullifies all the worlds. That's also a definition. It's a very transcendent definition, but transcendence is as infinitely removed from God as imminence is removed from God. The oneness and the bittle is also removed from the truth as much as individu- individuation is removed. Because even oneness is a certain type of definition, it's a certain type of articulation. And therefore, he says, Atu Hashem Levadech, he's not begeder memale, he's not begeder soiviv. And therefore, there can be the synthesis of the two. 
I have misunderstood Hasidus up to this class. Wow. What does that mean? What do you mean? You have to explain what you mean that you misunderstood Hasidus up to this class. Some people's souls are so rooted in Isgalia or Iskasia that their avoida to fuse is so hard to experience. Maybe the Fabrengans were instituted to help other types of souls rub off on each other. And by osmosis, we experience resolution in our souls. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's what a real, that's what a real Fabrengan is. I mean, I had never realized that resolution was possible. I was stuck in the paradox mode. Okay, that's a very important observation. Yeah, when I saw your comment about paradox, I, I felt that. In other words, we, we romanticize paradox. We love saying that things can't work out, that, that war is inevitable, that tension is essential. And when you start learning Tanya, yeah, there's a war, Nefesh Alekis, Nefesh Bahamas, and the Benini fights his whole life and he never wins. It's almost like we glorify tragedy. But Lahavdil, we don't believe in Greek tragedies. That's for the Greeks, not for the Jews. In other words, at the end of the day, life is not a tragedy. Life is a celebration. Life is not about tension. Life is about oneness. Yes, there is tension. And the only way to get to oneness is by acknowledging the tension. Because if I don't acknowledge the tension, I'm not creating oneness. I'm just amputating one side, right? It's like if you don't acknowledge that your spouse has a different personality, you're not going to become one. <laughs> it's just I'm like the t-shirt. I'm easy to get along with once you learn to worship me. So tension is a prelude to develop the consciousness of oneness. I have to work through the tension in order to be able to fix the tension, in order to be able to see where the tension is disturbing us because that will help me become aware of where we have to bring in the unity. But in the ultimate summation of things, the Yisoyed of the Baal Shem Tev and the Balatanya was that we live in a space of hope, of, of joy, of positivity, of oneness, of fusion, of simcha. And that's why you'll see that there are different streams of consciousness among the Jewish people. There are those who by osmosis have picked up on the side of paradox and therefore depression is the motus operando of Judaism. Subtle depression, but depression. In other words, at the end of the day, I'm fakvetched and I'm fahakt. At the end of the day, we're miserable. Yes, we're not literally miserable, we're doing good things, and we're going to get Elam Haba, we're going to get reward, but ultimately, life is somewhat of a tragedy. It has purpose, it has meaning, God has his reasons, God is good, everything is going to be rewarded, but ultimately, life itself is, 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 is there's, a, there's a depressing element to it. And the more sophisticated you become, the more depressing it becomes, because the more you're sensitive to the paradoxes, to the tension. But the Yisoyed of the Baal Shem Tev, the Yisoyed of Teres HaBaal Shem Tev was Einoid Mulvade. Einoid Mulvade doesn't only mean that God permeates everything. It means, as an extension of that, that even the paradox is really only a prelude to a deeper oneness. In other words, paradox allows you to tune into the oneness that can fuse 
and synthesize paradox. That's the use of paradox in Chassidus. We don't worship paradox. <laughs> Worshipping paradox, I'm going to say this now very sharply. Worshipping paradox in an edelah way is avoidazara. It's worshipping duality. And that's avoidazara, duality. I don't mean literal avoidazara. I mean subtle avoidazara. We don't worship duality. Shema Yisrael Hashem Alekeinu Hashem Echad. So what's the use of paradox? We always talk about paradox, right? Quantum, quantum mechanics, it's all about paradox. Subatomic particles moving clockwise and counterclockwise simultaneously. Light are both particles and waves. Schrodinger's cat is both dead and alive. Don't worry, if you didn't understand these terms, I also didn't. It's fine. I just sing when I hear these terms. I don't speak about them. I just start singing. There's no way you can understand quantum physics without singing. So uh, Stephen Hawkins once said that when they start talking to him about uh, quantum mechanics, he pulls out, he opens his drawer and he pulls out his gun. <laughs> Meaning he realizes that there's no space for his life anymore. You've got to stop thinking. You have to start singing. So we speak a lot about paradox, but the value of paradox is only as a prelude to be able to help you become aware of a deeper truth that can ultimately help you make peace between the paradoxes. That's the ultimate value of it. And that's what we see here. Kriyas Yamsov was making peace between Amadis Kas and Amadis Galia. How do you make that peace? Kigoy If Hashem was defined by Saiv of Kalalman, there can't be Kriyas Yamsov. Either I'm in a state of oneness, or I'm in a state of individuation. Either I'm on dry land or I'm in the sea. Either I'm a fish or I'm a human being. And that's what Moshe Rabbeinu told Hashem. I can't. Me anoichi, you got the wrong guy. There's no anoichi. I have no anoichi. I can't live in a world of identity. That's not my world. I can't speak. I can't communicate. I can't articulate truth. For me, articulating truth is the greatest war against truth articulating truth is the worst thing you can do for truth. Truth must never be articulated or defined. Truth must be experienced, experienced in the cessation of I. And Hashem had to say, no, I am the one who gave a mouth to a person. Me sampelad, and that's what Alter Rebbe explains in Torah we learned it last year. I'm the one who transcends both and I could say, you will go, and you will speak. And Moshe speaks. There's a whole sefer called words, Moshe's words. So what does this mean in my life? What does this mean in your life? It means that we have this tension. I want to be you. I want to be me. I want to be completely attached. I want to be completely authentic. In the place of authenticity, I want to be me separateness, individual, the place of attachment, I want to melt away. In the ultimate scheme of things, Kriyas Yamsov was the prelude to Matan Torah. He started over the mime, why was Kriyas Yamsov so necessary? Because Kriyas Yamsov was an objective in and of itself, to be able to say, Baruch HaTah Hashem Elokei Yisrael Min HaOilam V'ad HaOilam. To be able to say, Baruch HaTah Almadis Kasia should come into Almadis Galia. The Achdos of Einoid Malvadai should live and 
it should live in my identity. That is the void of the Kayanim. That's the fire that comes down with the Nefesh Bahamas becomes one. How do you get to that fire? How do you get to Barachat? Psukkah de Zimra. Psukkah de Zimra is the Levim, the Avoid of Negine. Because what happens by Kriyas Yamsuf? They have to sing Ashir al Hashem. Why singing? Because that's what a Negin is. A Negin is going out of every level of identity. If there's identity, the Negin wants to go away from it. And the Chiddush in this Mimer is, not only does the Nigan want to take you out of the identity of Mamale, the real Nigan wants to take you out even of the identity of Soivev. Bittel is also an identity. <laughs> it's an aloof identity, it's a sublime identity, but it's also identity. What type of identity is it? It's the identity which defines reality as being completely nullified in infinity. But Atzmus himself, Hashem himself, is not defined not by Saiviv, not by Mamale, not by finiteness, and not even by infinity. Not by being channeled within a particular vessel and structure, but also not by defying the vessel and the structure. Where can I learn more about Atahu Hashem Levadecha, the three states? Oh, we say it every day in davening. It's an amazing piece in davening. I'm going to encourage you when you daven to focus on these words. By the way, this is the reason that Hasidim, especially in the world of Chabad, would daven, and in the middle of davening they would start singing constantly. They would start singing. They could start singing for half an hour. What's the connection? Who's singing? And it wasn't just singing, you know, because they got bored, let's sing a song. This was the davening experience. Because the nigan is what helps you go from the words to the experience of the words. From the words, from the information, to the experience of the information. That's what the nigan does. And you can't always describe it in words. And that's why it's called psuke de zimra. Dr. Rebbe says even the words of psuke de zimra are called a nigan. Because they're not here to give you information. They're here to, what he says, Harchavas hadiburu bir betaisvus bir lafadash hadover hetiv lahalev liboy venafshish ispalmiza. It's not saying the words or even understanding them. It's the nigan that touches the nekudas alev. That's why they would sing. So we say like this in the morning, yeah? You remember? This, this is the token of the Maimer. But you start off, There's Ata, there's Hu, there's Hashem, which is Levadecha. And then everything could become fused, the Shamayim, the Eretz, the Yamim. And that's the prelude into Kriyas Yamsuf. Az Yashemoshe comes right after this piece. After Atu Hashem Levadecha, there could be Kriyas Yamsuf. And then you could say Yishtabach and say Haboicher Beshire Zimra. And then you can get to Krishna, which is bringing down the fire of the Karbanas. One is the Levim saying, now the Kayanim could do the Avoida. The Levim used to sing while the Kayanim would do the Avoida. What's the singing? The singing is Ashir Lasha. So you're saying that Mia Noichi of Moshe was initially stuck in Iskasya and Hashem showed him the fusion principle. Yes, this is the Maimer, you should learn the Maimer, Torah Er Parsha Shmois, Misam Pela Adam. 
if you go to theyeshiva.net and you go to Torah Ur, you have their section in Torah, Torah Ur, go to Parsha Shmois, you'll see a mimer. Misam Pela Adam. There's a, quite a few classes on it. It's a long mimer, relatively speaking. He speaks there about the Svardim and the Ashkenazim. It's Filon Sharosh, Filon Shayad. It's, it's a Moiradika mimer. Over there he discusses this more at length. Can you elaborate how Nigin discussed here connects to the Alter Rebbe's description in other Maimarim, that Zimra is pruning. Lazamer Aritzim. Psuki de Zimra is pruning. You know, when you have to prune, when, you, when you're involved in agriculture, you have to prune, you have to weed out all the components, the weeds, that may undermine the promotion and the growth of the plant or of the tree. So it says that Zimra means a nigan. And Zimra also means lezamer aritzim, which is pruning, it's cutting. We have karmachatizma, right? You should harvest your vineyard. It's basically cutting, plucking, removing, uprooting that which has to be removed from the ground. What's the connection of this Zimra to this Zimra? He discusses in a Maimur, I remember, the connection between the two. But I don't want to just say it from memory because I don't remember it clearly. So I have to look it up, Leonidor, I'll look it up. But there's a Maimir in which the Balatanya discusses uh, discusses the difference. The Gemara says that David HaMelech failed because he called the Torah Zmirais. Zmirais hayili chukecha beveis megure, and he was punished for it. So you want to know, according to this, why was he punished... for calling the Titus Midist? Ooh, this is a good question. So when we started our shir here in Munsi, in the morning we learned a maimer in Derech Mitzvah Secha, Mitzvah's Masa HaOroin Bekotef, from the Tzemach Tzadik, in which he explains that at length, why David was penalized for calling the Titus Midist. And how was he penalized? He forgot a halacha. <laughs> which halacha? That you have to carry the Oren face to face. There's also a piece in Tanya in Kuntus Acher where the Balatanya discusses this. So that's a very good question, but it's not, it's not for now. But it's, it's a very good question. The connection to pruning, you're saying, somebody's suggesting, may be, may be pruning layers of yeshes. Yeah, that could be. It could be that's what it is, pruning layers of yeshes. I'm not sure, but I remember that there's a mimer where the Balatanya discusses, he discusses the, the, the connection between the two. Next question. Psukkah de Zimra leads to Shmoinastra because Psukkah de Zimra is the nigan, similar to the nigan of Kriyas Yamsuf, Ashir el which the nigan comes from and takes you to the place of Kigo'oiga. Ashir el Hashem. You know why I'm going to sing? Ki, because Goi Ga. If it wouldn't be Goi Ga, maybe I wouldn't sing. Maybe I would be able to find that energy within myself. But because Ki Goi Ga, therefore I break out in song. When I see Kriyas Yamsov, when I see the fusion of Almadis Gas and Almadis Galia, all I can do is break out in song. Because it's an overwhelming experience. It's not an experience that I have words for. 
So I could start crying. It's very, very emotional. Some people will describe moments in which their eye touches that cosmic eye and they start crying. There's, there's, there's a very deep emotion to it because all your structures break down. And the positive counterpart of that is when you realize the fusion of it, you start dancing, you start singing. So song is the transcendence of the person. Song is the art of transcendence. Song is basically not about articulation of life, but song is the longing to that which can't be articulated. Now in that itself, there's two states. There's going from Mamale to Saiviv. And then here he says there's something even deeper. There's not getting stuck in Saiviv either. Because losing yourself is also a form of articulation. It's articulating the infinite as defying the finite. And therefore, so how does that lead to Shmonesra? Because Shmonesra, he said in the beginning of the Maimah, Shmonesra is Baruch Atta. We keep on saying Baruch Atta. What's Baruch Atta? Baruch Atta is that the Baruch comes into Atta. The end of the first paragraph, he says, Baruch Atta is me'alma de eskasya le'alma de eskalya. Misayvav kalalman le'mamale kalalman. Ki havaya hu ha'alekim. Okay? So he says, when the Nefesh Bahamas becomes one with Hashem, the Eisha le'maylav, Sayvav kalalman, comes into your soul. And that's Baruch becoming Atta. Baruch, which is accessing the hu, v'avad alevi hu, comes into Atta, which is right in front of me. In other words, there's the fusion of the two. How can the fusion of the two happen? Through the song. The Psukkah de Zimra is a preparation for that fusion. In other words, if we want simple English, not to keep it so abstract. The only way I could fuse the two realities in my life is if I am ready to completely surrender all of my definitions and go into the deepest place of reality, which is called Atzmus, Hashem's essence, which doesn't really have a name. And over there, I'm not going to be stuck, not in Mamale and not in Soiviv, not in Almadis Galia, not in Almadis Kasia. I don't have to remain aloof and sublime, nor do I get stuck and paralyzed by the pain and the tension of my individuation. I can fluctuate between the two because I can fuse between the two and I can walk peacefully from the sea into the dry land and from the dry land into the sea. I don't get stuck in any particular structure, not in the structure of individuation and not in the structure of transcendence. In other words, I don't become paralyzed in any form of reality. I don't get paralyzed in the form of individuation, which keeps me confined into that limited confinement of my self-conceptualization, nor do I get stuck in nullifying that, which can also be a form of escapism, very deep escapism, very spiritual escapism, but I can get lost in that process where nothing matters anymore, there's no I, there's just oneness, and I basically detach myself from people, I detach myself from people's concerns. I detach myself from people's feelings. I may even detach myself from my feelings. I don't have to get stuck in this place or this place. We run away here or there 
because we're afraid of the paradox. We're afraid of the tension. You have to know that Atmos is not afraid. You could be in dry land and walk into the sea. You could come from the sea back in dry land and the sea itself becomes dry land. That's the Avedis Hashem that comes from Psuki de Zimra. Psuki de Zimra is like the surrendering of the soul. Ashiril Hashem Kigoi Go. All there's left is I could sing. Once that happens, now you could start singing about Kriyas Yamsuf. And then you mention Kriyas Yamsuf. And where do we mention Kriyas Yamsuf? Emes Vyatsuf. The Tzamachzadik writes here in this Maimer, in Eira Torah, in his explanation of the Maimer, that it says in Torah, Eira Parshas Vayechi, that the first parish of Shema is Reuven, Reiya. The second parish of Shema is Shimon, Shmiya. Emes Vyatsuf and Ezras is Levi. And Shmen Esra is Yehuda. Hapam Oides Hashem. So the Levi, Levi, the Leviim, that's where we do Kriyas Yamsuf. Because Ashir El Hashem, that's the avoid of the Leviim. And in that bracha, that's where we do Kriyas Yamsuf. Moshe was also a Levi. Moshe came in Amayim The way Moshe is introduced in Chumash, it's a strange thing. In Parsha Shmois, Vayelech Ish mi base Levi, Vayikach Bas Levi. Somebody from the house of Levi went and he took the daughter of Levi. He doesn't say who. Amram, Yecheved, we don't even know who Moshe's parents were till Parshas Ve'era. Very strange. His parents are introduced as being from the house of Levi. So the Tzamech brings, based on this mimer, we understand it. He brings a Zoya, Levi comes in the word Leviasan. Levi comes in the word Leviasan. Leviathan. Hapam Yilavayishielai. My husband is going to accompany me. Levi means connection. Levia, like to escort somebody. You're connected to them. You accompany them. You, you remain attached to them. That's what Levi is. Chibur, Mechubar, Hapam Yilava, Livyasan. Livyasan is the ultimate fish that's submerged in the water. Kamayim Lamechasim. When Mashiach comes, Hashem is going to give us the Sud of Livyasan. And Sher Habar, the complete fusion of the two worlds. So, how is Moshe's birth introduced? Vayelech Ish Mi Beis Levi, Vayikach Bas Levi. You know why? It wasn't about Amram and Yechevet. It was about Levi, Livyasan. Moshe was not a creature of dry land, Moshe was a creature of water. Moshe was a creature of of Saiv of Kalalman. Even Moshe starts singing Az Yasha Moshe B'nai Yisrael. Why? Because Moshe is the one who ultimately learns about this fusion. Which part of the Neshama is Iskasya and which is Isgalya in Nefesh Ruach Neshama Chaya Yechida? Well, in this Maimir, he says that all of them could be experienced in Iskasya and all of them could be experienced in Isgali. He doesn't make a distinction. In this Maimir, he says that all of them could be experienced in two ways. In Isgali, they're experienced as separate Madregas. In Iskasya, they're experienced as one Madrega. You say singing comes from a deeper place than words. Is this with instruments or without? Many Jews listen to classical music written by non-Jews is that music from a holy deep place or not? Listen, music comes from a deep place. Music comes from a deep place. But it just comes from wherever your, the depth of your soul is. So Mozart and Beethoven, right, and Bach, Tchaikovsky, they had deep souls. Non-Jewish souls, deep souls. And their music is an expression of their soul. So yeah, music came from the depth of their souls. You hear or you sing a niggin of the Alter Rebbe, Lahavdal, that music came from his soul. A soul that's rooted in Atmos Ein Soif, 
the music is going to express Atzmo Saint Soif, a soul that's rooted in the soul, a song that's rooted in the soul of a Baltaiva. Even if he has idealistic moments, you're going to hear in that song also Grubkite. You'll hear in that song Yeshus. And those who understand music and are music connoisseurs are very sensitive to this. They know immediately. Uh, they know immediately what it is. So there's some very very powerful music there. Classical music enriched and enriches many people, but it's an expression of the soul of that particular composer and his state of the neshama. You hear a nigan of the Alter Rebbe, Lahavdil, you're hearing a nigan of a neshama that was aligned and was a channel for Atzma Saint Saif. And that comes out in the nigan. Some of that music also may have been a um, channel for um, Ein Sof, but the difference between the neshama, the Alter Rebbe had Kedusha, his neshama had Kedusha. Yeah. So the Kedusha comes through the... The Kedusha, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You hear the Ketusha, you hear the, the Bittal, you hear the Ein Soif, you, you hear Lakus. Listen, we have a principle in Kabbalah, Ein Toiv Beloi Rav, Ein Beloi Toiv. There's no good that doesn't have a mixture of non-good, and there's no non-good that doesn't have a mixture of good. So sometimes other songs channel very deep human sentiments and very deep human emotions, and can sometimes bring people to a very deep and higher place. But you have to realize that it's ultimately an expression of that person's character, that person's identity, that person's souls, that person's life, with its virtues and its vices. You have a nigan that was composed by a tzaddik, by a kaddish, by a rebbe, or by a real oivad Hashem. And their neshama comes out in this nigan. Their neshama comes out in the nigan. And you see where, you see what the nigan does to you. You see... You see where the nigan brings you. There's somebody who told me that he, he told me that he only sings songs of a certain certain Jewish uh, genre. I told him, why, why don't you sing? Uh, why don't you sing? Uh, I told him, why don't you sing Chabad Nigun? He says they're too serious for me. They're too introspective. They make me think too much, and they may cause me to do tshuva. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. I, I sing for entertainment. I don't sing for, for introspection. They're too deep. And you see, the Nigunim, they're, they're very, they, they, they go very, very deep. The Mamash go very deep. The Gemara says in Chagigadav Tesvav that Acher, Zemer Yevani Leposak Mipumei. Acher, his Mapala was, he didn't stop singing the Greek songs. This revealed that deep in his heart, there was something that was rotten. Because songs represent something deeper. Do you think that talking about and understanding the paradox is a way to get to that synthesis? Or it's a feeling, an emotion that we have to experience instead? I think we have to be able to talk about it, but at some point you have to be able to sing it. You speak about paradox as the separation of the unified entity into two opposite poles. But it's really the breaking down of the oneness. It's the, the, the differentiation Hashem created when He created the world from an absolute achdus. We spoke the previous, the first shir about the higher waters being separated from the lower waters, earth being separated from heaven. Our job is to resemble the broke, to reassemble the broken up puzzle, to gather the sparks, to return the differentiated pieces of the world into unified oneness, the reconciliation of any paradox, male-female, magnetism, electricity, ratzai, shoiv, particles, 
waves is merely the very first step of the reassembly and the reuniting, which is the purpose of our creation. Beautiful, beautiful. I'm reading a comment on the yeshiva.net from today's shir. If song is deeper than words, why didn't God create the world with song and not words? Why didn't He give us ten songs? He should have given the Ten Commandments through songs. Why is everything about words? Why is Teresh HaBiksav and Teresh HaBapek comprised of words, not songs? Excellent question. How do I know it's such a good question? Because that's going to be the next paragraph in the Mimer. The next paragraph in the Mimer is addressing this issue. Why, didn't, why wasn't the world created with song? Why was it created through words and letters? And the Torah is also defined by words and letters. Torah HaBiksav and Teresh HaBapek. That's exactly the next paragraph of the Mimer, where the Alter Rebbe begins to discuss this whole process with how it relates to the words and the letters of the world's creation and also the words and letters of Torah. When we're submerged in the hidden liquid world, in the womb of our mother, in the womb of God, we're taught the whole Torah. It doesn't say that we're taught any songs. Why? Because as we're learning here, that the song actually comes from a place that transcends any type of learning. In the womb of our mother, we learn the whole Torah. What does it mean we learn the whole Torah in the womb of our mother? How do we learn the whole Torah in the womb of our mother? The point is, we experience the achtos of Torah, the save of kalalman of Torah, the infinity of Torah. That's what happens in the womb of our mother. When we're born, we process information the older we get, we process information in a differentiated way. In the womb, in Alma de Escasia, we don't process information in a differentiated way. We process information in a holistic way. So the fetus learns the whole Torah, meaning the fetus learns the kalal of Torah, the holistic, unified energy that encompasses the whole Torah. The Chidush Yeharim says, He gives such a beautiful interpretation. Hashem spoke all of these words, meaning Hashem gave the Jewish people the whole Torah, the whole Torah Shebeksav, the whole Torah Shebalpeh, all of Mishnayis and Gemara, Bavli Yerushalmi, Goinim, Rishonim, Machironim, Shalsut Shuvas, Poiskim the intricate and infinite layers of depth of the whole Torah, all these words, lamer, that a Jew should be able to declare, in other words, the ultimate nekuda of is if I don't get to the I'm missing the neshama. Every sugim baba it's to be able to bring you to the Anoichi Hashem be able to bring you to the place of oneness, Enoid Mulvada. That's what the fetus gets in the womb. In the womb, the fetus gets kol kula, the oneness of Torah, the kol ha-tayra. Then, when we come into our world, we come out of the womb, 
we come out of the water, we come out of the amniotic sac, then begins the process of differentiation, of individuation. Now everything that I learn is an individual idea. And you have to be able to go back to Kala Kula. Beautiful questions. Is Psukkah de Zimra all about song? So why don't we sing that part of davening? Why put words into Psukkah de Zimra? So that's what Alter Rebbe says, that even the words of Psukkah de Zimra are not here for the information, but it's here to expand the experience, to explain the things in a way that your soul gets excited. In other words, it's even the words represent the concept of a song. We know that there's something called Perik Shira, the songs of all creatures. These animals instinctively sing, just like they in- instinctively eat and drink. Everything is instinctive. No need for mommy to teach the young to sing. Humans don't sing instinctively. Would we ever sing if not taught how to sing? Does a child, uh, does a child of tone deaf, non-singing parents ever sing if not taught by another? Would an infant on an island by himself ever sing? Yes. yes. The Aaron says yes. The avoid of the Kayanim had to be perfect. Even an errant thought would disqualify the Avaida. But the Levim who sang didn't have to be perfect. A tone deaf or off key levy or one who had an errant thoughts did not disqualify the song. Also, the highest point was the Kayan Gadlan Yim Kippur and the Kaidash Akadashim, not the Avaida of the Levi. There's a story, somebody says here, there's a story that the Chsam Seifer said that he would give up half of his Elam Haba in order for him to have a chush, a talent, a skill, a sensitivity to the world of music, because it opens the heart. Words, if you repeat them, are boring, but a niggin you could sing again and again, because it takes you to a place of infinity. And then he says something very interesting. When people speak, you can't hear people speaking simultaneously. Even if you have 10 people saying the same words, if I'm listening, I can't hear anybody speak. By a niggin, you can have many people singing the same niggin and you can hear it. Why? Because speech represents ideas and ideas are all about diversity. My opinions are not your opinions. So that's why if I'm communicating, you have to be silent. If you're speaking, I have to be silent. I can't absorb simultaneously two opposite perspectives. But a niggin represents the infinity of the soul where we're all part of oneness. And therefore, we can all sing simultaneously. You can also hear Japanese songs or Chinese songs because it's not about language. It's the universal language. Beautiful. Somebody brings here from the Vilna Gon, quoted in Pas HaShulchan. Wow. The Vilna Gon said that all of the wisdom in the world, algebra, engineering, music, are all ultimately a prelude and a prerequisite to Taira. He said, without music, you cannot understand most of the reasons of the Taira. Without music, you can't understand the secrets of the songs of the Leviim. You can't understand the secrets of the Tikkunei Zohar. With song, you can expire from the sweetness and your soul becomes one with God, you can also resurrect the dead through the secrets that are hidden in Torah. The Vilna Gaon said that Moshe brought from Har Sinai many Nigunim and many Midais. Interesting. Wow, beautiful stuff. 
Okay, Chevra, I'm going to wish you a beautiful day and a wonderful Shabbos. Hatzlach to everybody. God willing, we'll resume the Shir Monday morning. And I wish you all an amazing, uplifting, inspiring Shabbos. My love and blessings to all of you. The word espilos comes from the word pu'ula, which means an effect. It affects you. I tried to make a definition for myself. This is the definition I came up with. Causing, hispalos is happening back on yourself, I think. So it's causing an arousal in oneself through deeds, actions, thoughts, effects. Beautiful, yeah. Yeah. Hispalos hanefesh means when the soul is affected, transfixed, uh, aroused. And he says that's what a niggin is. A niggin is not giving the soul new information that it didn't know. It's not a sheer. A niggin is tuning in to the soul's innate appreciation of true infinity. That's what a niggin is. So there's the niggin that takes you from mamale to soiviv, from individuation to cosmic oneness, and then there's the niggin that takes you even further. Ashir el Hashem, ki And in many ways, maybe, that is one of the differences between different types of nigunim. You know, there are nigunim that take you from a place of an individuation to a place of oneness, and then there's a nigun that takes you to a place of atzmos, where oneness and individuation ultimately can be fused into one seamless whole. Because you reach the space that transcends heaven as much as it transcends earth. It transcends infinity as much as it transcends finiteness. It transcends soiviv as much as it transcends mamali. It doesn't have to look a certain way. So even when I'm in my individuated identity, I don't get stuck there. Trauma is getting stuck in my individuated space. And I get stuck, I'm like in a prison. I want to let go of that so I run away and I melt away into oneness. But I have to come back into myself and that's Kriyas Yamsuf. That the dry land doesn't only exist in dry land, it can exist in the sea. In other words, even when I walk through Alma de Skasia, I can bring that into my very eye. But How? If I'm bringing it into my very eye, it's not Alma Deskasi anymore. I'm visible, I'm not invisible. And that's the Chiddush of the Maimer. That Atmos could be visible, it doesn't have to be invisible. Ah. So this means, what do we learn from this Maimer? Never get stuck anywhere. Don't worship any reality. Even the reality of Bittl, you sometimes have to go away from you have to go back into a place of, of, of experiencing yourself and experiencing the other. It's like what we spoke about Chavdala Tevis, the Sicha of the Alter Rebbe, Yutas Kislev Tavkov Samachtes. Spoke about it on Chavdala Tevis this year. That he said, In Atzilus, the Geshmak is You have the maskil of Atzilus, his Geshmak is in Atzitza. And the Oivad of Atzilus, his Geshmak is In other words, to do a favor to somebody else. Doing a favor to somebody else recognizes diversity, need, 
differences, a person in a different space. It's really the ability to tune into where you are. Because oneness is amazing, it's beautiful, but that's the point. Oneness is, is necessary, it's a place of truth. But it can also be it can also be a distraction of truth. Ah, this was Dal Tereb. Even Soiviv can be a distraction of, of the real Emes. Yeah, that's how you know that these my modem are Emes, right? He doesn't get stuck anywhere, ever. It doesn't let you get stuck anywhere. <laughs> you want to jump into Mamale, Nishgut. You want to jump into Soiviv? It's all good, it's all holy, it's all divine. But don't get stuck. Don't get stuck. If you get stuck, it's ego. Kinderlach, the greatest thing of the world is to turn a favor. The greatest thing in the world is to do a favor. The holy the kleinem is kalman of piyasetzna Hashem yin kamdama. Everybody have a beautiful Shabbos. A geshmak davening. A psuka de zimre de kedavening. Amen. Amen. Love, light, hope, healing, authenticity. Wisdom, truth, and redemption. We're waiting for Gaula. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.